Blog Talk Radio. Ladies are back. Hey, T. Hey, Lisa Girl, how you doing this Thursday evening? I know, child. You know, no grass grows under our feet, so you know what we be doing. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. No grass, girl. No grass. <laughs> we see the listen. We'll have time. <laughs> it's great not. to be into the back in the chat room, though. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on our Let's Chat Live. Uh, That was really, really great. Our next one is in June, so we're excited. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to try to do about two a month. We're going to actually do another one on our Instagram, guys. So make sure you head over to our Instagram and make sure you're following us. We're going to do just like a chat session between me and T uh, probably next week uh, on Instagram. So y'all make sure y'all follow us and, and, and talk that talk with us. Yeah, here she goes. She's giving me homework, man. Let me get my notebook out. <laughs> here she goes, always on live. I'm just y'all know how, y'all know how she do me. Y'all know I'm how just she do me. Saying. It's the season. Listen, that's our topic today, the season of the pivots and new steps. You know, we all been in quarantine, you know, businesses, everybody has been in quarantine, everybody has been affected. Um, and uh, businesses, they always talk about the art of the pivot in the business, but in life, just in general, in your personal life, you got to pivot mm-hmm. when stuff happens. Um, you, we we got to learn how to uh, do our own pivot and take our new steps um, so that we stay intact, just like businesses stay intact. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like, during the quarantine, you have to, to learn how to adapt and learn how to teach yourself how to do those things that you might have normally normally paid other people to do. Like, I got a complaint. Right. 
I, I'm about to do a bad review on Amazon, so you know I was going to get my nails done, and I can't get them done now. Even though Georgia is open, I'm not open. I'm not going outside, right? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I got that went on Amazon, and I'm like, oh, they got a nail polish. It's like a little stick. It's like a little pencil, and you just turn the little top, and the, the stuff come out, and you paint your nails with it. I'm like, oh, okay. Let me try that out. Girl, back. I can do that. <laughs> Listen, so I get the thing in the mail, and there's only one. I'm like, okay. But the little picture make it seem like you're going to get more than one, right? Right. That's mm-hmm. that advertisement. And so then when you put it on your nails, it comes out like watery looking. I'm so, oh. so through with it. Yes, I'm so through with it. I'm Did so through with it. Did you shake it out that least, maybe? Yeah. I, you can't really shake it. You just open it and turn the little knob. And the little knob oh. dispenses the, um, I'm thinking maybe it might be oh, I don't know. But, you know, mm-hmm. I'm over it now because I thought I was about to be doing something spectacular. I did teach, <laughs> practice how to braid my hair. I was like, oh, I'm going to learn how to do my nails too. It messed up the moment for me. <laughs> Messed up the moment. Hashtag. Yeah, messed up the moment for me. But I mean, we literally, those are the things that everybody is learning to do um, for ourselves. And, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. been kind of hard because a lot of things that we're normally doing has been adjusted. You can't go to the... um, to the gym like you used to you know so people are learning how mm-hmm. to exercise at home whether they use books or gallons of water but they're be- becoming innovative to to mm-hmm. get what they want to get done um people are learning how to sew they're learning how to um do their certain things they're making masks you know because it's mm-hmm. hard to mm-hmm. find a regular mask you know so mm-hmm. so many different things are going on that everybody is learning how to pivot individually and i think that's right. a great thing i think so too lise like we talked about on our live i believe it was you know people are becoming so creative their creative juices are just flowing from the youngest to the oldest and like you said we're learning to do things that we normally would just go out and just first of all we take it for granted you know, the skills and talents of others. But now when it's on our shoulders, you know, Mm -hmm. we have to make do with what we know how. Or like you say, you learn. And Mm -hmm. um, me for one, you know, I love to cook, but I've stepped up my game. I actually got a compliment last night. Babe said, oh, you're getting better. I'm like, excuse you, getting better? (laughs) I'm like, listen, (laughs) I was already better. I'm just being great right about now. Right. Listen, y'all, if y'all don't know, Miss Tony can cook. Every little gadget I got in my kitchen, I got because of Miss Tony. <laughs> I was like, excuse you, mister. <laughs> but it's truly, you know, we're learning how to do things. We're adapting. And this, for some, is going to be our new norm because our old norm yeah. doesn't exist anymore. You know, oh, we yeah. have to move forward with what we have and what we know. Mm-hmm. And you don't actually want to go back to the norm because a lot of things have been improved. Look at our environment. Look at our earth. You know, mm-hmm. look, look at our people, the creativity. You know, some people may have businesses as a result of this quarantine. Entrepreneurs are being born every day because of mm-hmm. the creative juices that are flowing. So it's going to be very interesting to see the direction of our country. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, 
you know, we always are looking for leaders to lead us, but we have to start leading ourselves. And you have to start mm-hmm. looking out for yourself. I really understand that seven streams of income is a necessity. You have to have mm-hmm. more than just one form of income um, because you right. have to make sure you are literally protecting yourself. You can't expect other people to do it all the time. They may That's not. Right. That's right. And not the way you want it to be done. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm really excited because here tonight on Let's Chat, y'all know me and Tony get to talking. We don't open up the show. Let's open this thing up and so we can get <laughs> it cracking up in here. <laughs> Absolutely. Once again, thank you guys for joining me tonight here tonight on Let's Chat. We still, coming, we still enjoy coming to you guys live every Thursday and Friday. Sometimes we have a little sprinkled additional shows in there. But for those that are just joining us for the very first time, welcome. And just to give you a little bit about, about what Leisha and I do, we started our show about seven years ago. We used to celebrate literature, but our show has evolved with so much more than literature. You know, we just celebrate the dopeness. And our guest tonight is a prime example of the eclectic way we've evolved, Leash, because we have mm-hmm. on our show tonight three fabulous guests. And they're all different. They all offer something different, and we love celebrating it no matter what it may be. Now, our show allows our guests as well as well as our listening audience to interact in a fun, intimate, and friendly environment. And tonight we're going to hear the passion behind what it is our guests do tonight. You may learn a thing or two. I know I always learn something every show, Leash, and I so enjoy it. But we hope you guys are ready to kick it up on this Quarantine Thursday. Get ready. We're about to have another fantastic show. And once again, welcome to all our new listeners and viewers. Welcome to Let's Chat. My name is Miss Tony, and I am joined by the one and only Miss Leisha. Absolutely, y'all. We welcome y'all. We welcome y'all. Tonight, we're going to be talking that talk with author D. Bowden, as well as author and celebrity plastic surgeon, uh, Mark Youssef, as well as beauty expert and celebrity makeup artist, Christina Flatch. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, because you know we could tear her name up. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we can. (laughs) So I'm super excited, because especially this time, um, our, our first guest is a necessity. She, we're going to say she is essential right now. She's essential to women everywhere because sometimes, you know, in this time of quarantine, everybody's going through it. Everybody is going through it. So I'm going to tell y'all what I did. You know, they got these little jade roller things. Do you got one, T? I the little jade one stone. So I want to get one. little jade stone, right? First of all, I chained up my soap. The, the well, what I use to wash my face, right? And so mm-hmm. I get this. It's like turmeric and honey type something from Amazon. You know, Amazon keep you in trouble. It's like going into Walmart and Target. You always come out with stuff you don't need. So I get the little True. jade stone roller thing, and I'm like, so what is this supposed to do now? See stuff like that. You know, we get bored. We start finding stuff to do. We want to do our nails. We want to do our hair. You is making shampoo they making conditioner i mean so we need her she is our she is our essential expert and guidance counselor right now because all women are going through it absolutely <laughs> we have our first 
fabulous guest. We have author Christina Flack. Am I pronouncing your name right? Hi, my name is Flack, Christina Flack. Flack, okay. Okay. Flack, yes. Where were you? Thanks for having me on. You are so very welcome. Thank you for coming on. We know that you are um, busy. You have so many things going on. I can't wait to be able to just sit down and talk to you about just some of the things that you're doing. But I want you, before we start, just tell everybody a little bit about yourself and, and your beauty journey. Okay, my name is Christina Flack. I am the founder and CEO of Pretty Girl Makeup. I am a celebrity makeup artist. I am a mother of five. I uh, am a sepsis awareness advocate. I'm a grief expert Um, in the last two years. I've become that. And what else can I tell you? I, um, I started being a makeup artist, you know, as a young girl. I worked on my mom. She was my first client she had cancer and I that my first experience was just trying to get her ready to go on a date with my dad and the the how I felt and how she felt looking so completely different just made me feel so good to just see the difference in how how she was feeling you know she was not she was kind of sad and depressed she was very beautiful and then she lost her hair and her skin was discolored and when I put makeup on her she just felt like her old self and it was really a a remarkable feeling for her and myself and then I I, I got an agent Um, I'm represented by artist services in San Francisco Los Angeles and New York and I do uh, TV fashion film Um, so yeah that's pretty much all I do that's it (laughs) with five kids that's like 35 things you just named off (laughs) I know right and I'm a concierge for my children. So, yeah. And then I, it also, doesn't end. <laughs> yes, I love it's, it. It's I love it. So, yeah, we fun. always ask I have, this, I have a very blessed life. Good. That's we always awesome. ask this question because, you know, we always ask this one particular question and we ask it for a reason because a lot of times we're we're very mindful about how we speak to other people and the things mm-hmm. that we say to other people and how we treat other people. But we're less Absolutely. mindful about how we speak and treat ourselves. And so a lot of times uh, we there we have a thing called a goal moment. We call it a goal moment. And a goal moment is when thought and execution come together for you to make your move. Um, but before mm-hmm. that goal moment happens, it's always a thought. And you always talk yourself out of something at first. I can't do that. I can't do that. That's not for me, yada, yada, yada. But we're, we're really talking negative amongst to ourselves personally um, uh, and letting us know what we can't do when we let everybody else know they can do anything that they want. So we'd like to know what was your goal moment? What was that time you decided to execute and make that move? Well, you know, it's so funny. I, I think I grew up in a family where I didn't say, I thought everything I could do, anything I wanted to do. I always felt like my family gave me the love and confidence to, to attack and tackle any problems. Um, I've learned in the last year or so that it's really important to treat ourselves the way we treat others because we would never treat anyone as harshly as we treat ourselves. Right. But mm-hmm. I think um, when I, when I, my first aha moment, I think, was when I started my, my company, Pretty Girl Makeup, 
and I got into um, my first publication. I was in the San Francisco Chronicle, and I thought, oh, my gosh, wow. You know, it was like a big deal. And getting a publicist was – there's all these, you know, in the journey of have, being a CEO and running a company, I think there's always stepping stones to – everything's exciting. Getting my first, you know, bit of press, getting a publicist, getting an agent, um, you know, having – you know, Gucci hired me and Louis Vuitton. And I, I just did a TV show for Fox with Isaiah Washington. You know, that was my first series I did. So I have a lot of firsts all the time. And I just am always striving to do new and exciting things. I think it keeps life exciting. And I, I also feel that setting an example for my children, I have uh, two of my daughters, one, uh, one lives in London, Melania. She is a fashion designer and, mm-hmm. you know, she moved to London to finish her university and get a degree, and she's just killing it. And my daughter, Rose, graduated from NYU Film School, Tish, and she's working on a, a TV show in Los Angeles. And my sons are in school still, but I just feel that setting an example is so important for our kids. And I want my kids to kick the world's ass and, and do exciting things and, and never feel like that they can't. So. I've told my kids that saying I can't is like saying the F word. They are not allowed to say it in my house. Oh, that's powerful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to hear I can't. You can do anything you put your mind to. So I don't, mm-hmm. I, I just choose to teach, you know, I've taught them that that, that word does not exist. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, sometimes that they, they need that example. This is Tony. I'm sorry. You try to. Remember to say who we are because we sound so much alike. Oh. But, you know, sometimes children (laughs) need to see that that positive influence, that positive go-getter, you know, because a lot of kids don't see that today, and especially in a time right now whereas they have to see that coming from a home point of view, so you really get to see what it is that, that people do. Sometimes you really only get to see what your spouse is doing because we're all together at this moment. You know, Absolutely. so it's, it's very important. But what have you learned about yourself in this quarantine moment that you didn't know before? Well, that I have to make um, lemonade out of some very sour lemons. And I, you know, I came off doing a TV show. I was booked to do a bunch of different shows and work with a bunch of designers. And so I revamped, I decided, okay, I have pretty girl makeup. I have been wanting to redo the website and rebrand and remarket. So I worked really hard. Um, I brought on a new partner, Jordan Black, and he and I have revamped the website, the social media. Uh, We redid my portfolio, christinaflack.com. And I've been just, um, you know, organizing my house more than it already is and, and, you know, taking a little time to reflect and, and rest um, and, but still work hard. I wake up every day. I've noticed that it helps me to wake up every day uh, at a normal time, getting dressed, work out, eat well, and staying mm-hmm. disciplined and on my schedule is really helping me to get through this insanity. Mm-hmm. What, is, know, what about so you guys? Nice. What do you feel? What do you well, feel like I, you I'm working through this? Well, this is Tony. You know, I'm working from home. I actually still get up, like you say, get up at your, your time, get dressed, shower, get dressed. But but mentally, I've looking, I've taken a look at certain things, you know, internal as well as external. And I see things where I can improve, and, and I'm working mm-hmm. on that. 
but sometimes you need a moment to just sit down and reflect, you know, right. and, and, and look at where you want to be on the other side of this quarantine. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I agree with you completely. I've taken, I've taken time to work on, you know, meditating every day, doing some yoga, Pilates, mm-hmm. going on a hike. And um, I just feel that I'm also, I've really monitored my watching of the news. I cannot control what's going on. I don't need to see every minute of what's going on in the world. I don't think it's healthy. And so one thing I've learned is to just turn, I'm kind of in, I'm going to say I'm in kind of denial. I'm just pretending none of this exists because I just don't Mm. feel like watching this insanity and how everyone's in this. I feel that our minds are so powerful, but yet fragile. Mm -hmm. So if it's your mind, see all this negativity and you know, you're, you're going to get sick, you're going to die. Well, your mind thinks that that's what it's supposed to do. So I'm very mindful of, of watching all that and not watching it because I just don't want to go into that mental place. And after right. my husband uh, passed away um, two years oh. ago, uh, he, was a te- he was a tennis player um, on the tour. He was number one mm-hmm. in the world. And, and so he passed away from sepsis two years ago. And so mm. I know what dealing with grief is. I, uh, you know, I have chosen, I went to a grief camp at uh, Canyon Ranch, um, and I heard a woman, a uh, female rabbi from Los Angeles, Sherry Hirsch, she had written a book, We Plan and God Laughs. And it was really helpful to me to know mm-hmm. that there's always going to be bumps in the road, and it's how we choose to handle these situations and, and move forward. I, I knew that I might go back even a little bit further in my story. My, my son, Bo, had passed away um, mm-hmm. 13 years ago from SIDS on Christmas Day. And mm. so I had gone into a very dark space when that happened. So I knew that when Chen died, I couldn't do that. So I just feel that we have a choice. Happiness mm-hmm. is a choice. Positivity is a choice. I, I don't, I want my children to have as happy and healthy life as they can. And the way I handle things is going to affect them. So I, I've mm-hmm. been very mindful of, of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm so, glad uh, I'm glad that you brought that mm-hmm. up because it's so very true. My mom, she passed in 2016, and um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry when to hear I, that. Thank you. When I see my my mind, I was in my mind. My head was bad. I mean, I smile mm-hmm. every day. People will never know something is wrong unless you know me, know me. But my mind, I was really, really in a bad place up until I would say mm-hmm. the middle of last year. Um, Mm -hmm. and my aunt told me to go and see a grief counselor and, um, and I went, but had somebody not mentioned it, I probably wouldn't have done it. Um, because when something like that happens, like you literally, you're kind of like just a shell kind of walking, you're, you're walking, you're moving, you're functioning, but you're still a shell because you're not really there. Right. Yes. You're Mm -hmm. not really there. So when your, your, your husband passed and you decided to become an advocate, what was that process like for you um, to step in um, and really take control of how you were feeling and use that to help other people? Tell us a little bit about that process for you. 
So my husband, you know, got bronchitis, which turned into pneumonia, which turned into sepsis. We were, uh, Kaiser Permanente out here in California was our medical provider. They did not see him. He was spewing out orangey mucus infection. Oh, they didn't give him an antibiotic. Yeah, it was, it was everything that could go wrong went wrong. His doctor, John Culbertson, mm-hmm. chose not to see him. And so my husband died of sepsis. The thing with sepsis, um, it's an infection of the blood that if it gets into your system and it's not treated, uh, mm-hmm. attacks your vital organs and they shut down and you die very quickly. So mm-hmm. after my husband passed away, because he was number one in the world and, you know, he had a quite a big following, they had asked me if I'd be willing to raise awareness using his likeness to honor him. And I, I said, yes, I, I felt like I wanted to do that. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I told my kids this, I said, you know, you can't just, cause your dad is who he was. You can't just be that person's wife or child to get free tickets and treated specially. You have to use their name in these instances to raise awareness and to help others. I think it's very important. So mm-hmm. I started, you know, doing interviews and to raise awareness. I'd love to see change in the medical system for p- companies like Kaiser Permanente. To, that they, they are, it's mandatory that they see their patients and not just treat them over the phone because mm-hmm. there's going to be more loss of life. And I, I just think it's criminal. Because they factor in, in their business plan, loss of life. For not, they reward their patients, their doctors for not seeing them, uh, more patients. And then mm-hmm. they know that they're going to lose lives because they don't see it, but they factor that in when there's malpractice suits. Um, but they do that, and I, I just think that's incredibly morally wrong. So um, the sepsis.org website is really great. Your listeners can go there and look at it. There's a, a little timetable there, and it says time. And T is, and these are the signs of sepsis. So T is for temperature. You can be incredibly hot or incredibly cold. Um, I is for infection. You have some infection in your body, whether it be an infection in your tooth or a cold like my husband had or, you know, a cut on your leg. It's some infection. M is for uh, mental decline. You're having a hard time, you know, thinking. It's hard for them to rouse, to even get up. They're not thinking in their right mind. And E is for excruciating pain. You feel like you're dying because you, you know how we have that saying? Well, you actually are dying. Uh, is a very, a very aggressive, um, uh, you know, a illness that once it gets into your bloodstream, if it is not treated, you know, my husband was given no antibiotic, cough medicine with codeine and an inhaler. If you're given cough medicine with codeine and it suppresses your breathing, um, your infection will grow at an unstoppable rate if it's not counteracted by an antibiotic. So, uh, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I really urge anyone, if they feel like they have any of these symptoms, to get a blood test. It's 20 minutes, and if you're positive, that you will, you know, get an antibiotic, and you'll totally be fine. But unfortunately, you know, my husband did not have that happen to him. So I don't want anyone to go through what I'm going through and, and my children are going through, because it's to lose the love of your life, your best friend, to something that's needless is a horrible thing to have to live with. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
And I think a lot of people and, are are still experiencing that, especially with the virus that they're having now. So many people have died. They've lost so many people that they thought would be there forever. And I think that, right. you know, it's hard when you tell us this is what it should be happening. Then it's, I don't know what's happening. You know, we don't know. Right. So when you don't have a right. handle on it, then we panic because it's like you should have a handle on it. But at the same time, I think that we should really take this time to understand ourselves. Like if you have a we headache. We have to be our best advocate. Absolutely. Exactly. You're totally right. If you mm-hmm. have a headache, something happens right before your head starts hurting. You know what I'm saying? But we don't pay attention to our triggers, what what our body is telling us, you know, what, right. what it is that is, did you get a crick in your neck? How long have you had a crick in your neck? You know, little things that we don't necessarily pay attention to. We have to start. We really, that's important. To. Absolutely. And you also have to, if you don't feel that your doctor is giving you the right information or you just have a bad feeling in your stomach, like, no, this seems wrong. Go get a second opinion, Mm -hmm. put your person in the car and go to another place because unfortunately Kaiser, besides them not giving him the antibiotic the day before, even when he got to the hospital, they didn't have it on hand. So they waited more than three and a half hours. He was Mm -hmm. on life support and they didn't have the drug for him. So if I had known that I would have, you know, taken him somewhere else, but they were not forthcoming with me. So, you know, it's, it's a hard thing to live with. Um, and I, you know, I, so anyway, I wanted to mention about grief. I kind of have a different a theory on grief. It came to me one day when I was like having, you know, these, I wake up and I'm sad or I go to bed and I'm crying and mm-hmm. I miss him so much. And, Mm -hmm. I was thinking, because I feel him in this house. I feel him Mm -hmm. with me. I know he's here. Things move in the house. There's constant little signs of him um, here. But so when I was thinking that, you know, him being, you know, in my mind, he's up in heaven. He's an angel looking down on me. How hard, if, if, if people that are grieving could think about this, from this perspective, it might be easier for them to learn to, I'm not saying you're going to get over your grief, but learn to manage it in a, in a better, Mm -hmm. more help in a more positive way. If you could imagine that your loved one is looking down on you and if they're seeing you constantly depressed and sad and not living your life to the fullest and smiling and loving, how hard would that be for them to watch us? And, and, and mm-hmm. to not be able to comfort us. So when I started thinking of it that way, that, you know, it would kill my husband to see me this sad all the time. I mean, I have those moments, but I also have moments where I'm really happy and I'm around my children and my friends and, and I'm working and, and I get to talk to you guys, which is super fun. And I have these happy moments where I know he's here watching and he's smiling. So mm-hmm. if people could think about that, from that perspective, I don't think that you would want your loved one sad. Mm. What do you guys think about that? I think that's very true. I think that, um, I want to say it's, it's a selfish feeling, but sometimes those emotions that we have when we're grieving, they are selfish. It's that we, this is what we wanted. Um, and I think sometimes that's why it's so hard for us to get over things. 
um, because we're holding on to what we wanted. That's our controlling uh, nature. You know what I'm saying? Because we all have Mm -hmm. that little Mm -hmm. ego that controls those things. And I think that when things happen and we we lose that control that we we need so much, um, that on top of what you're grieving just makes it worse, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. Now, you went through all of this. Uh, Your husband passed. You you empowered yourself. Um, And... Mm -hmm. You went to work and you 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 did what you needed to do. How were you able to take that empowerment um, and take your your makeup company and your makeup um, expertise and use that to better yourself just as a artist? Well, I always say that. After my husband passed, my happiest place is when I'm on a photo shoot and I'm creating, when I'm getting to, you know, paint someone's face or be part of a team and, and creating magic. That's always my happiest place. So when, after he passed, you know, I told my agent to just book me whatever and just so I could, you know, feel like me. I wanted to just feel like me, not my old me, not how I am now. And so... Mm-hmm. I didn't really, I, 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 you know, I have children and I need them to be able to go to school and work and be happy. And so I kind of, I exercise twice a day. I would go to yoga or Pilates or for a walk that helped keep my mind a little calmer. I did meditations. Mm-hmm. Um, I also just was trying to look at, you know, from my children's perspective of like, they already went through the loss of their brother and I just didn't want this to be, it was awful. It's horrific, like life without him. But if I could try and make it a little bit easier on my children that they see me, I got the best compliment from my daughter, Rose. She wrote for Mother's Day uh, last year, mom, I just want, I'm going to just shorten it. I don't write the whole thing, but it was something like, you know, mom, the way you've handled daddy's passing with such grace and dignity and starting a foundation, an educational foundation at a private school and for, you know, minority children in Oakland, California scholarship and the garden for Bo um, has just been such an amazing example of, of a real woman, beautiful on the inside, just not on, it doesn't matter. You're pretty or whatever, but that, that your, your beauty really comes from within and how you try and make the world a better place. And I just thought, wow, I hadn't even thought that. And I was so thrilled mm. that she thought that. That's but beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think that for me, having started the, the Northern Light School in Oakland, uh, California, uh, it's a private school. It's uh, all the 90% of the students are on scholarship. Um, the school is run on grants and donations. Uh, and there's a 98% success rate of them, all the students going on to private high schools and graduating from college, which is remarkable. Um, yes. My son, it's, it's amazing. And my brother's on the board and I'm, I have become on the board and I, I just feel so great about that. But what was really great, my son, Ben, um, is both twin that passed away for the last four years. He's a golfer and he has gone on a hole and, you know, they have this sign that says beat the kid and they give him money um, 
raising money for his brother and now his dad's, you know, educational funds um, mm-hmm. for, for scholarships. And so Ben, this past October, raised $35,500. And that mm-hmm. $35,000, I said to Ben, I said, Ben, I'm so proud of you. And he's like, Mom, it's not like that big of a deal. And I'm like, no, it is a big deal because three children are going to be able to go to private school for an entire year because of what you did today. And that changes, mm-hmm. you know, the student's life, the family, mm-hmm. a community. But it's changing the world. And, you know, like, it really does matter. So I, I, you know, just to see that my 13 year old son has raised, you know, almost a hundred thousand dollars in four years um, for these foundations. It's just like, mm-hmm. I, my, my heart is just so burst with pride. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, yes, it is. Okay. Ben. So, but what is that <laughs> like for you? Cause you have, you're, you have so much uh, to give. Have you thought about like writing a book or writing a memoir about your experience and your growth and your empowerment to be able to help others to just know that it's going to be okay? Yeah, I, you know, I get asked that all the time and I I don't know, I, maybe I will. I don't know. I feel that kind of going and, you know, speaking on talk shows is is kind of my way. I, maybe I will do that at some point. I, I was thinking, I don't know how. I, I don't know. At some point, maybe I will. I'm just not there yet. You know, I'm still in the midst of this, uh, this, you know, malpractice lawsuit with Kaiser. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I want to make change in the medical system. I, there's so much more uh, that I'm trying to do. And so maybe when that thing settles down, maybe I, at some point I'll write a book or someone will have to mm-hmm. help me. I think that's, I, that feels a little well. You got the me, but... you got the perfect two ladies on the phone with you tonight. <laughs> That's what we do. That's what we do. <laughs> I love that. That's what, I love we, that. Do. what we do. Yeah. That's great. Now I want to so I want to get into your I want to get you in guru mode. I need your guru hat. So you know, a okay. lot of stars do are it. doing lives right now. Lots of stars are doing lives, and so I'm not mm-hmm. going to call the star out, but she did this live. She did one every day. And it was inspirational. I was loving it. But I was distracted Uh because she had a pimple on her chin. And it was bugging me. (laughs) But then the next day she did it. She had the same pimple. Then the next day she did it. I know it's not that she had the pimple. (laughs) But I'm not saying. But her makeup, her foundation was darker. And I'm thinking to myself, so you put on more makeup to cover up the pimple? And so fast forward two weeks later, the pimple was still there. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, we need need some help. Maybe it was like a little, maybe it was like, I don't know. Maybe it was just part of her skin. Sometimes people have like lumps in their skin. I don't know. No, that was a pimple. So, oh dear lord I'm like, poor we girl we need help we need help because <laughs> this quarantine you know it's it's giving us some things going on with our face we're not able to go get our facials like we normally do we need you to give us some right. guidance G- give us some guidance okay so Drop this some is what I on do. <laughs> okay so this is what i believe about skin Um, And I tell this to all my celebrities and models that I work with that, you know, it really matters what you are eating and drinking. So obviously Mm. limiting alcohol and sugar is a must. Uh, Smoking, like don't even think about it. Um, And 
I am all of the belief about, like, first thing in the morning, I have a glass of warm water with a tablespoon of Bragg's apple cider vinegar. It realkalines your system. It gets rid mm-hmm. of sugar cravings, and it just evens out the skin. How, and also, my biggest hint is, I, I just was speaking about this today. Um, I had a model on a photo shoot for a company called Mark and Graham, and she came in with the most jacked up skin I've ever seen. And like, I can work a pretty good miracle, but we were going to shoot for a few days and it was a Friday. And I said to her, listen, over the weekend, you have to do this because you cannot come to work with this skin again. Um, and she, I, so I said, get some uh, a coconut water, put it in a blender with four or five stalks of celery, like four or five handfuls of power greens, spinach, kale, whatever, fresh ginger, fresh turmeric, you can throw in some blueberries, orange, whatever, blend it up, and you drink that. And I'm telling you, by Monday, her skin was cleared up. It was like a miracle. Wow. And so it's uh, taking notes. It drop, does. You have to go <laughs> drop that one more time. We're taking notes. I got coconut water, <laughs> okay, okay. celery, coconut ginger. Water, celery, ginger, uh, fresh turmeric. Um, and, oh, you can put in a green apple. You can put in blueberry. And power greens, so, you know, spinach, kale, whatever, just put in like four or five handfuls. And you put it in the blender, do not strain it, and you drink it all day long. And I drink that, you know, I'll throw in a banana, I'll put in orange, I'll squeeze in some lemon juice. And I'm telling you, you will lose weight, your skin will be beautiful, and you will be so, you're just, you're going to feel so good because you're putting in all this healthy stuff. So your skin rewards you by looking beautiful. Makeup will go on better. You won't be so puffy. You know, it's, it's just shocking if you're eating like, like this, what your skin mm-hmm. can be capable of doing. Um, also, regarding foundation, foundation should not be darker or lighter. It just needs to kind of blend in to your face. It, you shouldn't even notice it. That's what foundation should be. So mm. I, so when you go, you know, people oftentimes will go to Nordstrom's or wherever they go to get foundation and they're testing it on their hands. Okay. Your skin on your face and your hands are two different colors. Okay. Mm. Because if you're wearing mm-hmm. a hat and glasses and sunscreen, your hands are going to be much like my hands are much darker than my face. So that is mm-hmm. not the way to do it. You're going to put it, put a little on your cheek and you want it to kind of be invisible. That's the right fa- color foundation for you. That is a huge hint, huge, huge, huge. You can do that. You'll get the right color. And I think my philosophy with makeup, and you can look at my portfolio, christinaflack.com, is that if you look at every image on my portfolio, you're really, unless the beauty ones where I'm exaggerating color on purpose, but everyone's going to look fresh and dewy, and you're not really going to go, oh, look at blue eyeshadow, green, pink, and yellow. No, you're not going to see anything other than a pretty, fresh-looking face. And that's what you want. Like, for example, when I'm, uh, you know, working for a, a beauty brand, a, a brand like uh, Gucci or Louis Vuitton, they want, they, my directions are very specific from them. We don't want to look like she has any makeup on at all. So I have to mm. hide all, all her imperfections and they don't want to see any color at all. They don't want to see, li- they want nothing. So that's another skill to, you know, have someone look like their skin's flawless but without any color. So sometimes I'll use um, different color foundations on 
eyeshadows as an eyeshadow mm-hmm. if you if they don't mm-hmm. want to see color. So I can get the same effect without a shadow. Um, but then there's other times that, you know, you get to, you know, go crazy with color and it's super duper fun. Like today, I did a photo shoot today from with four girls and we did TikTok and all this stuff for social media. And I got to use like all these really fun, crazy colors, but that was mm. for that reason. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. super fun. Um, that sounds like fun. Yeah. I, it is fun. And you know, it's super mm-hmm. fun that I, even though I own a makeup company, I'm really blessed. I've quite a decent amount of followers that makeup companies now send me boxes of makeup to use so that I'll use on photo shoots. And so then I tag them on, um, you know, social media. And it's so much right. fun to open that door and get a big box of makeup. It's like Christmas day. It's the best. I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a good now, day. Yeah, it's a good day. It's a good day. Yes, because, you know, we love stuff. We love gifts. And we love makeup. So there's nothing wrong with being cute and, and, and receiving. Now, here on Let's Cat, this is your first visit, but it will not be your last. Because we're definitely going to have you back oh, on to talk that talk so with nice. us. Thank you. Anytime. Now, I would love, I'd be honored. <laughs> Yes. Now we like to do something a little fun. We really believe that being able to show people, um, not just the brand, but the person behind the brand, um, when people are really don't know, that helps promote that word of mouth. Your why, your why for doing what you do draws people into you, right? And so we always ask these fun questions. So Tony's going to give you a quick okay. fun question. I don't know what it is. She does all the questions. I just okay. Sit back and get I'm scared. <laughs> Go ahead, see. Oh, no, Tyler. Christina, oh. we definitely like, have to have you back with us. Her, oh, you're so much. She's putting her hand into her hat right now. I'm gonna pick out a question. I hope I can answer. No, no, no. I already know what I got. I got. I got one for you. You're gonna be quick and easy. Okay, girly. Okay. So we I'm definitely, waiting. we definitely have to have you back because you know you uh, have anytime. so much to offer, and we have so many oh, questions for you. you. But your fun question tonight is a little brain teaser, and it goes okay. like this. A clerk is in a butcher shop. He works in a butcher shop, in a meat shop, uh-huh. and he's five feet, ten inches tall. What does uh-huh. he weigh? I have no idea. All his weight? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> now, see, when you hear the answer, you're going to kick yourself. He weighs I meat am. because he's a butcher. Oh, <laughs> gosh, you're right, Jeff. <laughs> That's that embarrassing. How am I supposed to know and I didn't even answer that question? Oh that is God. a good one. <laughs> that that is okay, that's you got me. One. That's funny. Now, that you is a little like different next time. You know, you never know. I am. I'm going to have to really think. <laughs> you guys are too clever for me. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. But I like that it it just makes makes us laugh. It just it kind of lightens up everything and and kind of solidifies, brings things together. We so appreciate you coming to kick it with us in the chat room. Oh, thank you. Hey, I want to give your listeners um, a discount code to get fifteen percent off. So, what do you want your discount oh, code to be? Oh. Let's chat. Yes, let's chat. Okay, that's going to be your discount code. Give me you know twenty minutes or no, give me five minutes and I'll put it up. But you know, um, awesome. My lip, all my lip glosses have a funny name. So soulmates, uh, hey lover, love of my life, hey uh, baby, baby love, um, love of all loves. Oh honey, darling. 
And I just felt mm-hmm. like when I did that, I wanted them to have a funny name because I'm not curing cancer. And if I can make someone smile, a mom who's exhausted driving her kids here, there, and everywhere, like that was awesome. So that was, when Aww. you said that about the funny, like that was, that was mine. That was my reason. I love, it. I love, I love it. it. Okay. So it's going to be 20% less chat. Okay. When you have everything, email it to me and then I'll blast it on our Instagram and right. our social media. Absolutely. I'm going to do it Thank right this too second. Much. Thank we you for so having me. You guys are so you. fun. <laughs> <laughs> and we will talk to you soon. I hope so. Please do. Take okay. care. Take care. Okay. Love you, you guys. Too. Bye. 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 That was awesome, Lee. Yes, it was. She's really sweet. I love it. I love it. And then I got, you know, the smoothie thing. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. Me I was too. always looking at coconut water, and so I'm going to try that. She she gave us some good stuff, good stuff. We got our next fabulous guest, and I'm excited because not only we're getting the best of two worlds here, T. We're getting the literary mm-hmm. world. We're getting the medical world. We're going to mash it all up, and it's going to be author and celebrity plastic surgeon Mark Yusuf. So I'm excited. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you very much, Tony and Leisha. Nice to be with you guys today. Nice to have you with us. Thanks for joining us. Okay, the big question, plastic surgery. I mean, you got to tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and okay. your medical and your, just your medical journey uh, through health and beauty. No problem. Well, I actually took a roundabout way into cosmetic surgery. My first five years of my career, I was an OBGYN, um, obstetrics and gynecologist. And then uh, the last 16 years, I've been doing cosmetic <laughs> surgery. And it, really, it has to do with uh, my love of art and creativity and imagination. And it's cosmetic surgery is one of the few specialties in medicine where you get to use your creative juices, your imagination, um, your and your artistic abilities as well as your medical background so uh, going to work is a lot of fun I get to do something different and new every day and everybody's body is very different so um, it was a roundabout way to to get to it but uh, I love what I do and uh, it's fun every day for me all right I'm sorry Lee this is Tony I have never heard of an OBGYN Transferring over to a plastic surgeon. Now, was that your first, your first desire when you got into med school? It was. It was. And and don't get me wrong. There's a lot of overlap. Did you took a detour. As, as different <laughs> as it sounds, uh, I would say you know the majority of our patients, 85% of our patients, are still female, young, healthy females, um, just like the two of you. So. Uh, my the the type of patient I was seeing was uh, was shockingly very similar to the type of patient that I was seeing in the first part of my career, um, mm-hmm. but uh, it it is it is definitely a different type of helping people out. Mm-hmm. I love it, I love it. Now, so you you went from giving life to you're still giving life um, because I think plastic surgery becomes rejuvenation. You know, so you're you are re- giving life again to those that want to have those things. 
And then yes. we see a lot of different things on TV. Um, we see, you know, they have Nip Tuck, and um, we've seen some of the celebs on the reality shows have shown the different, like they've had the plastic surgeries, and we're able to experience that with them. So it does look very painful. <laughs> but <laughs> temporarily, you, temporarily painful. When you are sitting down, and you're able to um, go in uh, and, and talk to them and empower them at the same time. What is that process like for you? It is the most rewarding part of my job. Uh, you know, when you, when you sit down with a patient who's coming in not feeling great about themselves, uh, maybe was teased in high school or college, um, maybe has a little bump on their nose uh, that they've hated. They've got bangs across their face because they're not, they're too embarrassed to show their face. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing to see them come in a month or two after surgery, uh, standing a little taller with a lot more confidence, hair pulled back with a smile on their face. And you realize that you're, you're not just helping people uh, from the outside, but you're helping people feel great from the inside out even though we're working mm-hmm. on the exterior, it really changes a whole person's self-confidence and it is empowering. And that's really um, part of the title of my book is evolving your beauty and empowering your life through cosmetic surgery. Wow, I like that yes. Thing. Yes. Now we got to know because see, we didn't know you went from the babies to the ladies and, and, <laughs> and all of that. So now I got to know what was your goal moment? Uh, what was your what was that goal moment for you like where I know it was probably a thought to change um, but like we were talking about previously uh, with our previous yeah, sometimes we talk ourselves out of things um, and we prevent prevent ourselves from stepping forward and doing different things and moving to our next level what was your goal moment like when you when your thought and execution came together and you decided to go from gynecology to plastic surgeon? That is a great question. Do you know that no one has ever asked me that question? Um, <laughs> it, it was a, it's a very personal. It was a very personal tipping point. I'm gonna di- I'm gonna paint the picture for you. It was in the okay. early 2000s. Um, I was I was I finished my my training in OBGYN. I I was going through a very tough divorce at the time. Uh, I was trying mm-hmm. to find a job as a male OBGYN, and I got to tell you, every place I went for an interview was only hiring female doctors at the time. Nobody wanted a male uh, gynecologist anymore, at least in Los Angeles. And I had, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, f- females were, were preferring female doctors. Uh, mm-hmm. malpractice, malpractice rates were skyrocketing. Um, insurance, insurance reimbursements were going down. The closest job I could find was probably uh, about a five-hour drive from my house. Wow. Uh, which meant that I wasn't going to be able to see my, my newly born daughter very often. And so mm-hmm. there was this literally this one night um, where I was being called into the hospital. It was two o'clock in the morning. And uh, it's very hard to find a babysitter at two o'clock in the morning, by the way. And it, it was it was this aha moment where basically it was like, God telling you it's time to change your career, use your creativity, use your artistic abilities, use your imagination, 
And it took a lot of courage. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was that one night where all of these ideas and thoughts and roadblocks were all kind of hitting me at the same time. And it's like, you know, when one door closes, another one opens. And I just took right. the courage to go back and get retrained in a completely different field. And I got to tell you, I, I, I never regretted a moment of it. It was one of the best decisions of my life, but also one of the hardest decisions to change, uh, to change careers um, after all of that training. Wow. Now, Absolutely. was that difficult for you to change, to be trained in a different field? Was that difficult for you? It was. It was because I had already I had already finished and was working uh, for several years as a, a board certified OBGYN. So to go, to go back and get board certified in cosmetic surgery took many more years because I had to do it part time and I had a practice. Oh. To, and it, it was like having two jobs. It was very, very hard. Oh, goodness. Now, mm-hmm. when you decided to go into plastic surgery, what was that process like for you as far as um, the switch? Because when you go into uh, with your gynecologist, it's kind of a different experience. Um, but when you go into a plastic surgeon, I'm, I'm quite sure you have to have a different type of conversation with your patients. So when you had to have your first conversation, take your first consultation, what was that like for you? How were you feeling when you went in there um, as far as being a, 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 a new doctor in a new, in a new world? It is. It's a completely different world. You know, um, you're, you're dealing with uh, a lot more perfection. You're dealing with uh, millimeters, you know, instead of, uh, uh, you know, centimeters. You're, you're dealing with, uh, you know, the people who really want um, uh, to look as good as possible. And it's, it, there's a lot more customer service involved. Um, there's a lot more hand-holding, there's a lot of, you know, feeling worse before you look better, and it, it, was, it was definitely a challenge for me to, to make that shift, but you do, um, you do get used to it pretty quickly because it's, it's a fun group of people to work with. Um, it's, it's fun, it was fun learning the shift because you get, to, you get the opportunity to work with mainly um, young, healthy people who don't really have a lot of medical problems. People who come to, co- to have cosmetic surgery are generally young, healthy people. And it's kind of fun to be able to go to work every day and not have to worry about a long list of chronic medical problems. And you get really um, a fun group of patients to work with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow. Now, this is Tony, Doc. I'm sorry, Lee. This is Tony, okay. Doc, you said can you give us like a typical consultation? Now, does your patient or your client come in telling you what they want, or do you guys consult on the best direction? Because you said, you know, as far as creative juices are flowing, your imagination, but do you also take into account your patient or your client's desire and communication and imagination and, and what they would like to look at on the other side of that needle? Take a hundred percent. So you, to, you, they come in with their request of what they'd like to improve. Uh, for mm-hmm. for example, um, you, you have a woman who comes in and who wants uh, the shape of their butt changed, or they want a, a, a larger rear end, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. 
there may be a very thin patient who we recommend buttock implants for, or there may be a slightly overweight patient who comes in and we would, we would probably recommend a Brazilian butt lift or a fat transfer from one part of the body where they don't want the fat to another, but some patients are too thin to have that option. So they kind of tell us what they want to look like, and then we give them all the options to get there that would suit their body. You know, we have a, a, a patient who has a slight bump on their nose, but maybe they're too afraid of surgery. We give them non-surgical options, um, you know. So they kind of tell us what the issue is and what's bothering them, and we'll give them the best two or three ways to get there um, that makes them comfortable. So it's kind of both. It's kind of give and take. They tell us what they need and what they want, and we give them our best recommendation of the different treatments that will work for them. I love it. I love it. Now, I want to go go forward a little bit because you have your book out. And so you've went from gynecology, you've forgave yourself a whole new trade, a whole new set of skills, and then you decided to become an author. Now, we work with a lot of authors, so we know that the process of writing is a little bit different. <laughs> Tell sure us about... <laughs> Tell us about your goal moment as far as writing, deciding to write your book. What was that moment like for you um, and the process of getting the book together? Uh, well, this this thought came, came to me more than 10 years ago. Um, so you can imagine how long this has been going on for me. Uh, the book was just published a few months ago. But it actually took me two years to actually write the book from beginning to end because I had a full-time job. Um, but but the, the process of writing the book came from, as you know, this sudden jump in popularity of this particular procedure, uh, the Brazilian butt lift. And it, it started out with celebrities like Jennifer Lopez um, and Kim Kardashian. But when it started to really penetrate into the surgical and cosmetic industry, you, you saw 100%, 200%, 300% increase in this type of procedure where it started to outweigh the number of people doing lots of other cosmetic procedures. And then what really got me to sit down and write the book was all the controversy about was it safe, um, all the myths about it. Um, what are the truths about the celebrity? How did the, how did the rap and music industry affect the way we see women's bodies? You know, how does uh, covers of magazines and how does Photoshop and, and how, when, when magazines uh, twist and morph the way people look to, to give us images of how we're supposed to look as a man or as a woman, how does that affect cosmetic surgery? And so I, I needed, I finally hit this moment where I needed to write a book that answered these questions and give people the truth about this procedure, uh, especially in the last one to two years, you've probably heard of people and celebrities dying from having cosmetic surgery, especially this one. Mm -hmm. uh, uh -huh. so, so this book answers all of those questions. Um, and because I knew so much about the subject, um, me and also a dear colleague of mine, um, uh, Dr. Miami, who's in Miami, Florida, who helped write the uh, introduction to the book, uh, really put our minds together and said, you know, let's, let's get these answers out to the public and let's uh, make sure people are getting the accurate information about this. 
But that's so true, um, Dr. Yusuf, because because of the videos, you know, the rap videos and, and the, the actresses and the models that these girls, even very young, come in wanting to look a certain, have a certain body type. Do you inc- encounter very young patients coming in wanting to change their body type when they haven't mm-hmm. even fully grown? And we have patients who are too young who, who are coming in and asking uh, for cosmetic surgery. We have patients who are maybe psychologically not in the best frame of mind. You know, maybe they just walked mm-hmm. in uh, on their husband with another woman in, in bed. That's not a good week to choose uh, cosmetic surgery uh, or probably not a mm-hmm. good, good mind frame. We have patients who are uh, uh, depressed and they don't even realize that they're depressed mm-hmm. coming in mm-hmm. making decisions. Um, uh, we, you know, uh, so whether you're too young for cosmetic surgery or whether you're having cosmetic surgery for the wrong reasons, um, I think it's very important as doctors that we get the patients into the right specialty first before they make these decisions. Um, so if somebody need, you know, has body dysmorphic disorder, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, um, mm-hmm. but those are the type of people who don't need cosmetic surgery. They need help uh, psychologically first. And our job as doctors is to make sure people are in the best frame of mind when they're making these types of decisions. Um, so we definitely see. Uh, but to answer your question, if somebody's too young or ha- isn't fully developed or isn't done growing, um, we have uh, an obligation um, to first do no harm as doctors. We take a Hippocratic oath, you know, to first do no harm. So if it's not in the best interest of the patient, we have to turn that patient down and say, you know, we, we recommend you come back, you know, when you're over 18 or, or whatever it is that we recommend. Wow. Absolutely. Now I know you mentioned about uh, overweight patients um, when they come in, and I know you know that their what their desire is and the intent behind it. Um, so when you have to have that conversation, how does that process work about, um, I guess, safety issues? Like, do you so, ever have to just say no? Yes, a hundred percent. You know, there there are certain calculations that uh, cosmetic surgeons use. One of them is called BMI, body mass index, um, and there's certain acceptable. Uh, ranges that are safe for anesthesia. So if a patient comes in and their weight is just too high for being safe to be under anesthesia, uh, we'll recommend them to to lose some weight first or get a medical clearance or somehow make sure that their, um, their, their body and their heart and their lungs are all capable of withstanding um, the type of anesthesia that we use to, to, to do these procedures. So yes, unfortunately there are some people who are so overweight that they're just not safe to under, to undergo anesthesia. Mm. Uh, but on the flip side, Dr. Yusuf, do you find that you encounter patients that are too thin? You know, it can go both ways. A hundred percent. I mean, unfortunately, really? we, yes, we have, we have patients who are very malnourished, um, mm-hmm. I, I have sadly seen very, very beautiful women come into the mm-hmm. office. They're, they're six foot two and weigh, uh, you know, 95 pounds. And they think they, need, they think they need liposuction because they think they're overweight. And a, a lot of this has to do with the type of work they do. If they're um, in the modeling industry or, or used to being constantly criticized during auditions, 
or constantly being told why they didn't get the part, uh, you know, or, or, you know, a producer of a movie says, you know, I, I think your love handles may, may be um, sticking out of this um, bathing suit uh, for this commercial in the wrong way. Uh, a lot of these beautiful thin women are constantly being told why they didn't get the part or why they didn't get called back for the audition. Um, whether it was the color of their hair or wh whether it was just the wrong, you know, body type that they're looking for. But unfortunately, mm -hmm. they're constantly being told all the reasons why they're not beautiful. And I think uh, that unfortunately gets under your skin and you start to think mm -hmm. that you have certain procedures, even when you're thin, um, um, that you don't need. Uh, just simply oh. because, uh, unfortunately, people work in certain industries where they're constantly being criticized. For their bodies, thin or overweight. Oh. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you know, the one thing I love Cardi B, the one thing I do love about Cardi B is when she had her surgery, she told everybody, listen, everybody run around, want to get these surgeries. She really explained aftercare. Um, talk a little bit about aftercare because some people think it's just the surgery and then a few weeks I'm okay and then but there's a whole process for aftercare to keep everything up talk a little bit about that thank you for mentioning that there a lot of patients think that cosmetic surgery is kind of like a one and done thing and or even worse they think it's like a, a license to go back to bad habits whether it's overeating or smoking etc you know, um, t take the Brazilian butt lift, for example, the, the, the surgery that we're talking about in the book. Uh, you know, there's several weeks where the fat that's transferred to the buttocks um, can die if you sit on hard surfaces, if you don't sit on soft pillows, um, if you don't eat the right types of foods and stay hydrated. Um, you, can, you can lose um, crushed fat cells. You can misshape them. Uh, but even after the initial six weeks of healing is done, um, there's a certain diet and exercise um, routine that we recommend so that your body stays in the right shape and stays in that beautiful hourglass shape that you're looking for. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's not it's not a one-week or six-week process. It's a lifestyle change that has to go on for years, um, not just to maintain the result of the cosmetic surgery, but also uh, so that you stay in the optimal health uh, to enjoy the results as well. So it is a constant maintenance. It's not something that you can just have, a, a, you know, a quick fix. Cosmetic surgery is never a quick fix. Wow. Absolutely. This is so interesting. Mm. So let's talk about some of the things that people are doing because you talked about quick fixes. Um, and everybody is into quick fixes now, whether it's, it works or, um, they're taking the, um, the teas, the flat tummy teas and all of these different things that are, are, um, in our mind, quick fixes, but they're really not. What are your thoughts about those things? Because they're really popular, um, and, and trending with people right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There, there is, I mean, the South Beach diet, apple cider vinegar, uh, you know, tea, you know, teas uh, that burn belly fat. I, I think every other month there's probably a new trend. And, you know, um, unfortunately, um, there it really is not 
any alternatives to good diet and exercise. At the end of the day, um, it's what you put in your mouth and how many calories you burn. Um, it is, it's truly the, the, the long-term result. I mean, can you find uh, something that helps you increase your metabolism or maybe burn a few calories a little faster here and there? Yeah, probably. But the truth is none of these things are sustainable. You can't live on tea for the rest of your life. You have to make lifestyle changes. And um, I think our society is always attracted to quick fixes because we want everything yesterday. Um, but in, in cosmetic surgery and in, in, in body, in the shape of your body, it, there's no quick fix. You take somebody like uh, Jennifer Lopez. Um, she doesn't uh, drink any sort of tea to maintain her look. She's in her 50s, and she looks her body looks like it's she's in her 30s. It's because she puts in the work. She puts in the yeah. workout. She eats right. You know, she builds her muscles. Um, this is this is nothing that's going to happen from any sort of quicks. Angela Bassett oh, too. Angela Bassett is gorgeous, mm-hmm. and so many Beyonce. I mean, yeah. I love it. I love it. So, if you had to drop five jewels, what jewels would you drop on those that are thinking about, about plastic surgery or thinking about um, being concerned about losing weight or how to lose weight? Drop some jewels on us, just so we know certain things that we should just kind of be more honed into. Okay. Well, I mean, the, the first thing I always tell people is do your research. Make sure it's something you really want to do. Know the risks, know the benefits, know the alternatives, know what you're getting into. Um, because most of these procedures, not all of them, but the ones we're talking about surgically are irreversible. Um, so do your research. And, and part of doing the research is, you know, picking, picking the right doctor, making sure they have the right experience, making sure they have, they've done enough of these procedures that you feel comfortable uh, going there. Um, number two, be, be prepared uh, for feeling worse before, before you feel better. Um, most patients are not ready for that. They, 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 they have sometimes uh, buyer's remorse. They're in the second, third week, fourth week of recovery, and they're, they're, they're looking worse and they're feeling worse sometimes than they did even before the surgery. So be prepared. Uh, for the recovery and also be prepared for the long, the long haul maintenance to look great and don't be afraid of it. Embrace it, you know, um, enjoy the, the better diet and exercise and lifestyle. Um, and I think the last pearl that I think is most important is um, always understand, always understand that you are beautiful with or without cosmetic surgery. Uh, love yourself love the way you look, the way you are, um, and always know that you're beautiful. And using technology to your advantage or tweaking um, your body in any way to, your, um, to make you feel better about yourself does not mean that you are not naturally beautiful. And I think cosmetic surgeons forget to remind patients of that, that just because you're coming to see us doesn't mean we don't think you're beautiful on the inside and out. Um, so, you know, most important thing uh, to remember in any of these processes is um, always make sure you're doing it for the right reasons and always make sure you're in a good psychological frame of mind when you're making these decisions and always remember that you are beautiful. 
Absolutely. Now, this is Alicia mm-hmm. again. From the time that you graduated, you've changed careers. You've you've did that pivot. You've written a book. How have you changed and grown as a person, as a father, and as a man? Uh, I think uh, I've changed in so many ways. I I, I think, uh, you know, throughout my career, um, your goal, your um, your wishes and goals change. You know, when when you're young in your career. Uh, you're ambitious. Uh, you you want to make money. You want to impress people. Uh, you want to grow practice. You want more employees. You want bigger, better, everything. And I think as you uh, change, pivot, grow, um, you you learn more patience. You learn to enjoy the smaller things. You learn the rewarding side of your career. Uh, the smile you put on pe- people's faces becomes m- more important and more rewarding than uh, having a bigger practice and having fancier wa- chairs in the waiting room and having more pictures of yourself on the wall. Um, it, I'm no longer interested in uh, you know fame and fortune. I'm more interested in uh, quality of life, spending more time with my family, um, taking on less patients, making um, people happy, uh, and really um, enjoying kind of the second part of my career, uh, which is doing it because I love doing it, not because you feel like you have to anymore. Mm. That's a good place to be. Yeah, it's, it's, it's important to get there because I think when we're, when we're young, um, it, it's, I think society sometimes leads you down the wrong the wrong path, and or or maybe they give you the maybe they maybe our society encourages um, I don't want to say wrong behavior, but maybe less important behavior. They make you believe mm-hmm. that uh, money and fame and notoriety and likes on a Facebook and Instagram are what you should be after, and I don't think right. that that. I don't think that that's the the goal. Uh, I don't think that should be the end goal, but we lose sight of the real goals because we're so focused on these goals. Like how much do people like us? Um, How much money do we have? Um, How how popular am I compared to other, you know, plastic surgeons in my area? And I think as you pivot and grow um, and become more mature in your career, you realize that these things may not be as important as we think they are. And especially when it comes to your own personal happiness. Mm-hmm. Well, I love it. people need to realize that as well. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so true. You know, uh, I'll tell you, it, it, can even, it can even fool you when you are dealing with patients who early on in your career, um, I'll give you an example. A patient came in and um, had four previous nose surgeries. Four. And wanted wanted a fifth surgery. And I think the first thing I noticed about the patient was that the patient's nose looked pretty good. It didn't really need anything else. And so as I was listening to the patient um, tell me how upset they were about how this nose looked, I I completely ignored the body dysmorphia signs that I was seeing. 
And I was so mm-hmm. focused on wanting to be that fifth surgeon that made this person happy. And you're thinking in your mind, you're a young doctor, you're like, I'm going to be this fifth doctor that's going to make this patient happy. But then if you look at it as a mature surgeon 20 years later and you look back on it and you go, what the hell was I thinking, thinking that I was going to be better than four surgeons put together before me, you know, that couldn't make this patient happy? Is there something else going on that I'm missing? And, and, and those, are the, the, those are the type of things that I think you have more clarity on um, after you've been in practice for 20 years. You start to put your ego aside and you start wow. to say, how do I see this patient the best way possible to help them? Mm-hmm. Do you ever find yourself, Dr. Yusuf, telling a patient that there's nothing else that could be done? I mean, after four surgeries on your nose, I mean, how much more improvement can there be? Well, of course, that's when you start to say, you know, there's a famous saying in surgery that says the enemy of good is better. The more sometimes you operate on an area of the body to try to reach perfection, the more risk of making it look worse and the more risk of scarring and the more risk of complications and the more risk of making it really messed up. Uh, So sometimes Mm. you have to just say no. Right. Mm. This has been so very interesting, Dr. Yusuf. You have to come back and join us again. <laughs> we, I, definitely. We didn't even get a chance to talk about the fun parts of the book, you know. And, uh, I oh, my gosh. So much to talk about. Honestly, I mean, just honestly, because we think so much um, just in general when we think as women. You know, we're really focused on ourselves, our mind, the things we want to do. And it's really interesting to be able to look at it because it people think that it could be so easy. You know, you have babies, your stomach, it's like, if I could just cut this part off right here. And I can just have this right here and have this lifted over here. I'll feel so much better. But like you said, sometimes it's buyer's remorse. It and is. And then what do you do emotionally that that has to do something to um, patients when it's like, oh, my God, what did I what was I doing? You know, and so as a doctor, being able to kind of let them know in advance, you know, how it's going to be and what it's going to be, you know, that's the, the best part, I think, about having our doctors, because they really do. Well, the right doctor, they really do kind of say, listen, I'm not even going to lie to you. This is what it's going to be. And and be able to have that understanding and have that that truth, because we always say we want the truth until we get it. You know, but you have to have that truth from your doctor and you have to be comfortable with what they're saying. Yeah, and and hopefully they are, they're hearing and listening it, because sometimes uh, we really give people the truth and they may only hear parts of what you're saying because they want the procedure so bad, you know, and I, I, I completely agree with you. Um, you, you gotta be in the right frame of mind, um, to make these decisions when you're making a permanent choice about a surgery, you know, um, I've even gone to the point of, you know, expressing myself for laser, you know, there's certain types of acne scarring lasers that really peel the skin very deeply and you've got redness and scabbing and peeling on your face for 10 days 
you know, and I'll go, I'll go as far as saying, I'd like to be very honest and truthful with you about what you're going to look like. You're going to look like you stepped out of a burning airplane for 10 days. Are you okay? Are you okay with that? You know, um, and and because I think sometimes you, you have to really paint a, a, a picture that helps them understand that they're going to look a lot worse before they look better. And I think they have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Mentally, you know, that, Mentally. that's a hard pill to, pill to swallow. <laughs> yeah, it, literally. It <laughs> yeah, Elizabeth Taylor had a famous saying that said, beauty is not for the faint part. So true. Listen, <laughs> we, go through, <laughs> we go through so much. When you just think about uh, waist trainers and, you know, we're, we're tying it up, we're sucking it in, we're back to wearing courses. It's like girdles. Uh, listen, we go through a lot. <laughs> I trust me, I know. I know. There was one one Halloween where I dressed up in high heels and a dress, and I got to tell you, I don't know how you women wear it, would do the stuff you do with this. <laughs> I literally came it home after looking two hours. Cute. Listen, it's a struggle. Like we have to become, and then sometimes we got to become really creative because it yeah. doesn't work the way in our mind that it was supposed to work. You know, you went and purchased this one thing mm-hmm. and it's like, Ooh, now you need tape and you need this and you need that. It's like, listen, we go through it a is. lot. It is. <laughs> and it's expensive too, buying all this stuff. Yes, yes, it really is. <laughs> we so appreciate you coming to kick it with us in the chat room. We know that you are busy. We thank you for taking time with us, though. You know, here in the chat room, we love to have that fun moment, that fun moment where our listeners are able to just have that connection and that time uh, with our guests. And so T is going to give you a fun question. I don't know what it is. I just, you know, <laughs> I just sit back and wait for, for what she got. <laughs> All right, T. Let me have it. Oh, okay, Doctor Yusuf. Man, you have been such an informative, interesting guest, and you have to come back and visit Lisa and I again. You have, you have. This is your home. You have to come back because I, we have I so would, much more to delve into. I will be happy. Thank actually, you. Now, I, uh-huh. one moment, actually, yeah, because I want you to come back. I want to do a eShore segment. A lot of people don't know what eShore is. And um, I want to do an eShore segment. And since you've had the best of both worlds, I would love to get you just your thoughts on it and just for you to drop some jewels on on uh, so many women that are just really going through some things behind uh, eShore. Sure, no problem. I'll be happy to come back and talk to you guys about that. Awesome. Thank you so much. But your fun question, Dr. Yusuf, is going to draw on your two medical degrees. Are, are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> okay, it's a brain teaser. It's another brain teaser. Now, a doctor gives you three pills telling you to take one every half hour. How long will those pills last? <laughs> three pills every <laughs> half an hour. Well, right. I take the first pill, and then and then the second pill in 30 minutes, and then the third pill. You would only last an hour, Tony, if you take three oh. pills. Man, you see what two degrees do, Lisa? I didn't think he was getting it. <laughs> you tried <laughs> to stop me on that one, didn't you? 
I I did, I did. I even prefaced it by talking about it's a hard pill to swallow. I don't know if you caught that. <laughs> I got lucky. I got lucky on that one because I take vitamins every day, so I know. <laughs> Listen to my madness, Dr. Yusuf. <laughs> you we love it. So we I so appreciate you. <laughs> We so appreciate you coming to kick it with us. We actually posted your book on our social media, on our uh, Instagram page. I deeply um, appreciate it. It's uh, it's also available on Amazon.com uh, if people are interested. Um, and if people have any questions at all about cosmetic surgery or Brazilian butt lift, they're more than welcome to uh, call us at the office or go to our website as well. And I'm happy to give that to you uh, right now if you'd like. Absolutely. Our our website is uniquecosmeticsurgery.com, Y-O-U-N-I-Q-U-E, cosmeticsurgery.com. And our main office number, I know we're on the West Coast, so we're not close to you, but we are in Santa Monica, California. Uh, but you can anyone can call us. We have patients come from all over the country and internationally. You can call us anytime at the office at 310-434-0044. And we're always welcoming new patients to become a part of our cosmetic family here in Los Angeles. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Yusuf. We so appreciate having you and you spending some time with us tonight. Thank you for being such gracious hosts. We'll see you soon. Talk okay. to you soon. Enjoy your evening. <laughs> oh, that was oh, great. You gave lady. us so much information, like literally information that was a necessity. Because if mm-hmm. you think about, we we have a fix on the on this quick thing, fix thing. And we don't, mm-hmm. you know, look at ingredients. We don't look at directions. And then we want to, okay, let let me just get surgery, get it all over with. But then we're not thinking mm-hmm. about the anesthesia, you know, because when you think about anesthesia, it's like, well, I go to the dentist, I get anesthesia, I've had, you know, but it's not the same thing. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a little bit right. different. And being able to understand right. what you're really walking mm-hmm. into. That's <coughs> so true. And that aftercare, but he dropped so many jewels, Lee. We definitely have to have him back because that we didn't even touch upon. I know. Oh. He's like a whole, like, hour. He needs an hour because we can literally talk about He needs his own show. <laughs> he does. We're going to have to let him know that. He needs his own show. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. We hope you guys enjoyed that as much as Lisa and I. Lisa has so many, um, so so many notes I took, but I enjoyed. That was a good, fun question for him, right? I had to draw on his two medical degrees, and he came through with flying colors. That was a good one. It was. It was a really good one. He was awesome. He is so awesome. And I, um, I took my notes. I got my smoothie notes. I'm gonna do my Instacart. Do my smoothie tomorrow. Listen, <laughs> I got me some lip gloss. Oh, listen, I'm doing some things this quarantine, y'all. Just listen, I'm doing some things this quarantine. You know, I'll be 45 next year. I got to do some things differently. Got to do some things differently. <laughs> you got a whole year to get ready. 
Yes, I'm excited. I'm excited. We got our next fabulous guest. Listen, y'all, she is the sweetest. She is the sweetest. Um, She actually co-authored a book. It's her new book, So for Prayers, Volume 2 with Cheryl uh, Williamson. And the foreword was written by our favorite guest, our favorite person, Kimberly Lawson Roby. Y'all know we love us some Kimberly Lawson Roby and sh- Kimberly. Yeah. And Miss Kim don't play. She not for play play. <laughs> and <laughs> but we love her to death. Um, we love when she comes in. So we're gonna have our next fabulous guest, uh, Miss D Bowden, coming in and kicking in the chat room door. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good evening, everybody. Hello. Thanks for joining us tonight. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you guys listen to this fabulous chat around here. I'm so excited to be here. Listen, we've been, in the house, we've been in the house so long, uh-huh. it's all running together. We've been in the house so long, it's all running together. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, ladies. Well, first of all, thank you all so much for the invitation to be a part of this conversation. I'm super excited. And yes, Kimberla Lawson Roby wrote the forward to So for Prayers Volume 2, along with the fabulous Cheryl Float Williamson. And I am Dee Bowden, one of the co authors. And my prayer is called The Power to Forgive. Mm. Mm, I know. Let's, let's, let's take a sip on that one for sure. <laughs> You know, forgiveness, you know, listen, forgiveness is one of the pills that's yep. real hard to swallow. It's real, Child, you know, you it's going out kind of It's going out kind of rough. Right, you got to, it's, it's coming down kind of rough. Oh, yeah, it does. It it definitely does. So I'll let you all start. I'll let y'all start, and let's, 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 let's get this party started. Let's go. Well, hey, well, first you got to let us know. About just a little bit about yourself and a literary, your literary journey. Sure. Well, I'm Dee Bowden. I'm originally from Boston. So some fun facts about me. I love Ferris wheels, smooth jazz, fabulous red wine, and hot air balloon rides. I know they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh. I know. Very okay. different. Very, very different. Yep. So those, those are the fun facts about me. <laughs> Say it again. That's eclectic. Yes, 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 it is. But yeah, yes, so smooth jazz, Ferris wheels, and um, hot air balloon rides. So my literary journey actually um, started last, well, actually started last year, but it, yeah, it started last year because this is my second second um, anthology. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Dr. Cheryl Wood, but I was actually a co-author in her book called Entrepreneur Elevation last year, and I talked about um, managing your cash flow as a business owner, because that's what my business is. I'm all about cash flow and making sure that small, small and medium-sized businesses um, provide, provide great services, but also get paid for the services. So that's what I do professionally. And then mm-hmm. this year, um, so Sheriff Flip Williamson was having this, this book called Soul for Prayers Volume 2, and I was like, you know what? I, I, I want in. I, I want in. So I decided to to be a part of the journey because number one, I've been a, I've been a fan and a friend of hers for a little bit, about a couple of years now, and I've always admired her her work, her 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 tenacity, her her diligence, and her hard work to making sure that we just don't become authors, but we understand the business of of being being an author, and so and having a book. And so when she said, "Hey, I'm looking for authors," I said, "You know what? I want in." And so my prayer is all about about forgiveness. And as you said at the beginning, at the top of the hour. It's a tough pill to swallow for sure. Because I know if you, if I was to ask your audience or ask you guys, 
y'all have some people you still got to forgive. You're like, mm, can we change the subject real quick? <laughs> <laughs> For real, listen. That's, that's, listen, that's real. Listen. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. And so, and so, I I chose I chose my prayer, the prayer to forgive because because of that because it's a hard thing to do, but it's probably one of the best lessons that I've I've ever learned. And because it 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 it's a process. You know, forgiveness is is for you more than it, more than it is for the other person. Most people are like, mm-hmm. what? Yeah, but for real, it's it's for you. It's all about you. It's 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 forgiveness is is a personal journey in growth. That's what it is. And right. it also is a decision because you have to decide. You have to basically make a choice whether you're going to forgive the person or not. And then once you make that decision to forgive them. Then it means, okay, I'm going to go on this journey. I got to look, you know, mm-hmm. introspectively. I got to look at what he or she did to me, said to me, and then I have to make a decision. Am I going to let this mess mess with me the rest of my life? Or am I going to put a mm-hmm. stake in the ground and go, Mm-mm, I'm not, I'm not doing, Mm-mm, nope. It's mm-hmm. kind of like one of those, mm-hmm. if, if you're old school like me, it's like, like Scarlett O'Hara says in God of the Wind, is God is my witness. This will never happen to me. Again, it's kind of, it's kind of like mm-hmm. one of them. Mm-hmm. And you have to say, I'm not, I'm not doing this again. Mm-mm, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's so true, uh, Dee. This is Tony. You know, the key word that you Hi, use to a hey is journey because forgiveness really is a journey. And sometimes you have instances in business as well as personal that requires forgiveness. And I think that personal journey of forgiveness is probably one of the hardest walk to take. How do you feel about that? Oh, I agree 100%. I wish we were talking. I wish we could see each other's faces. But yes, do I believe it's hard? Absolutely. Because when you think about it, when you, when you, make, when you make this choice to forgive, and it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a choice, it's in some ways it's giving up you know, it's giving up the ghost, if you will. It's letting go of the thoughts and the feelings and the emotions and all the stuff that's tied to it. That takes a while. I don't, you know, nobody, nobody just wakes up and does the, the I dream of genie thing goes, you know, one, two, three, oh, I, I forgave and I'm good. That's a bold lie mm-hmm. because it's not true. It is. Because, mm-hmm. if, because, if you, because in, order, in order to truly forgive, you have to allow yourself to go through the process of, okay, what happened to me? Why did it happen to me? Why did I allow this to happen to me? How come it happened to me? And then what am I going to do differently so this doesn't happen to me again? And more importantly, how am I going to let go of the hurt so that I can actually heal and not be mm-hmm. bitter toward that person or persons? Right. And then how, I'm going to, how am I going to take, you know, how am I going to take, you know, these, my broken pieces from this Turning it, turn them into something good, and then move forward. Mm-hmm. That's a journey. I totally agree. I totally agree. And, mm-hmm. and this is still funny, B, but you also know what I, I, I find that to truly forgive is a lifestyle process. You know, you have okay. to be dig deep within yourself and say that you, you, you're going to stick to it because it's, it really is a lifestyle change. Oh, yeah. It's not only a it's not only a lifestyle change. It's a mindset change. 
Because you know, mm-hmm. you know how you know you know how it is when you've been you've been really hurt by somebody, and all mm-hmm. it takes is a split second, and you be like you right back there, in that moment. Yes. And like, yes. I thought I was oh, and, and and the worst part of this is I thought I was over this. I can't believe mm-hmm. that 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 that. And all them feelings come right back up, and you're like. And so you know how people ask that question, girl, how long ago did this happen? You're like, girl, that's 25 years ago. You still, still carry it? You're like, girl, are you serious? Exactly. You still carry it all about and because, mm-hmm. because Because that person did not take the time to process or think about and examine their feelings, mm-hmm. what happened, why it happened, and then, and then, get some new information to help them make, make some different choices about what they're going to do with this, with, with, with this pain and then decide, okay, yep, this happened to me. I'm not the first person that this has happened to. I won't be the last person this has happened to. But, you know, as for me and my house, we're going to do something different because I don't want to keep mm-hmm. having, I don't want to keep reliving this situation. I don't want to have my buttons constantly pushed. I don't want to constantly be in this state of emotional upheaval every time right. this situation comes up. And and then, you know, the and think of the other thing about it is the other person has already gone and they are living his or her life and they you are not exactly. a fault. Mm-hmm. They, they they're like, who? Who that? What? Girl by <laughs> And probably don't even remember the, the what made Ooh. you have to be able to give forgiveness. <laughs> uh yeah. Because some people, some people have the ability to really just just dismiss it and go on, but that doesn't mean that they're not impacted by it. It just means that they've just made a different decision on how they're going to process their part in 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 that story. It's different from yours, mm-hmm. though. Right. It's it's all very interesting. We had a whole show on forgiveness, and it's it, and it can go on and on. But please tell us the concept behind uh, social prayers. Your new book. Sure. Well, actually, I'll read you something actually from the back of the book. It says this. It says, prayer is a vital lifeline that helps us sustain and strengthen our relationship with God. Yet, in those very personal moments with the Father, we often grapple to adequately express our thoughts, feelings, and emotions. That's why there's 44 of us that, that, have, have, that have contributed to Sofa Prayers Volume 2, the, powerful, the power of intentional communication with God. And what we're, what we're looking to do, what we're, all of us are looking to do is figure out how do we intentionally communicate with God through our journeys? Or in, in my case, my journey, which was on the journey, journey to forgive, because I had to learn years ago that forgiveness was a decision and that I had actually had to manage my decision. That's the part of the story mm-hmm. I tell. I talk about it just not, it's not just being a decision, but how to manage it. And managing it means that I made the decision, number one. Number two, I'm going to... I'm choosing to do the work to get over the hurt, the disappointment, the frustration, the whatever. And then three, I need to get some new, I need to get some help, whether it's therapy, whether it's church, whether it's new books, whether it's new friends, you know, there, I have to, I have to get some new, I have to get some newness in my life so that I won't keep staying in the same space and keep Mm -hmm. reliving and keep reliving and keep reliving. And so, yeah, that's 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 what that's what forgiveness is for me. Wow. Now you shared with us that it took forty four of you of you guys to put this together. How did you guys come 
upon such a large number and all work together. That that just seems so big. <laughs> well, it was. Well, I mean, you know, the, the visionary for the visionary for this is, is Sherpa Williamson, and so she's been she's been she is she's the reason all all of us came together. I mean, she put mm-hmm. out this put out this call that said, "Hey, I'm going to put together this this book called Soul Prepared Volume Two. And she said, "Hey, I want you to let let me know, let me know what if you were gonna if you were gonna help somebody improve their communication with God, what would you talk about?" And so mm. I, I'll give you an example. So, right, so that that's how it started. So, for example, one of the one of the one of the chapters in the book is called "From Test to Testimony." Another one is called Conquering Physical Illness. One is called Life is Filled with Swift Transitions. Don't give up on God mm-hmm. because he won't give up on you. Strong and courageous, at-risk servant in his presence. Prayer for perseverance while being persecuted in the, in the workplace. And for all the way of you blessed me, God, thank you. And on and on and on. So everybody wrote a different piece of where they were in their journey and how that, that journey actually helped them improve their intentional communication with God. And so, you know, my, my, my journey with improving my communication with God started with forgiveness because, number one, I had to, you know, you think about it, I had to accept the fact that God forgave me for all the stuff, all the dumb stuff I did. I mean, girl. <laughs> all the dumb stuff I've done. I mean, stuff I done fought, stuff I done said, stuff I done did. I was like, whoa. You forgive me for all that, mm-hmm. and you still you still love me, and still want to be in relationship with me. Wow, that's mm-hmm. so that's deep. That's that. I it mean, is. that's deep. It's deep because most of us can't. Most of us cannot comprehend that some that another human. Number. Let's let's just bring it down to, to down to the human. Most of us cannot conceive that another human being has the capacity to accept you with all of your stuff, all of it. And and mm-hmm. even if you've done some dumb stuff, can forgive you for that, and still want to be in a relationship with you. Because people can do this part. Oh, I forgive you, but girl, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna never forget it. You know how that goes. I ain't right. gonna, uh-huh. I ain't gonna forget you. Come on now, let's 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 meet it with a rubber. Let's put it with a rubber, rubber meets the road. Oh, I'm gonna forgive you. Sure, you you sure you could, we could. Yeah, we good. But I ain't gonna forget it. I ain't, I'm not gonna right. forget it. And you can you don't have, <laughs> go ahead, please. Oh no, I'm saying right. I'm agreeing. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> right, because I'm not gonna forget it, and 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 see that right there, I'm not gonna forget it. That's another decision. Yeah, that's, that's right. another decision. That's true, that's and another, I don't think that's another decision. Yeah, and you know, I don't think that we always talk about a go moment. You know, we're real mindful about how we speak to other people and how we treat other people and less mindful about how we speak and treat ourselves and understanding that everything we do is a choice. And that choice takes us either on the left or the right direction. You know what I'm saying? But it's our choice. And we have to stop allowing people to, one, take our choice from us. And we have to stop because we are so drawn in to heal and drawn in to help folks. We got to stop doing that. That's not what our job is. But we get so wrapped up into the wrong places, the wrong people, and the wrong things because we have that desire to do these things that have that we can't do. You know what I'm saying? And understanding that you have to do the work on yourself before you can do anything else. 
And there are so many avenues and crevices of your life that really, really has to be looked into because, you know, that pettiness, you know, sometimes, you know, forgiveness is hard, but sometimes that pettiness, that's ego. And ego has little, little room in the world, but we make, we give it a lot of room. And our ego uh, allows us to make rash decisions, make rash choices. Talk a little bit about that. Sure. Well, <laughs> ego, my goodness. How did you get this? How did you get to be this, this little thing that has this much, this much ability to wreck people's lives? Well, mm-hmm. part of it is because I think that most people don't even understand that your your ego, you know, it, it's all about oh, I, I need to feel good. I need I need to feel good, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do whatever I need to do to, to feel good. So if me if me feeling good is holding a grudge, if me feeling good is being bitter, if me feeling good is you know staying staying stuck on stupid, it's like okay cool. But that's that 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 staying stuck on stupid or me me staying in, in this small mindedness doesn't allow doesn't allow anything new new any opportunities new growth to happen because I I won't I won't I won't I won't put down I won't put down this rock or this pebble so that I can I can I can have I can have a different experience because I like this. It's kind of like Linus with the blanket. Remember Linus and the peanut? Remember how he always kept walking right. on his blanket? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I mean, people walk because think about it. If you if you have, if, you know if you if you walk around with your blanket of pettiness, ego, bitterness, unforgiveness. Pick your, pick your, pick your poison. It don't matter. You walk around with your blanket. Why do you walk around with your blanket? Because it makes you feel good. You're comfortable there. Uh-huh. Nobody, nobody really, and, and nobody really wants to have to, you know, that's why Lucy used to mess with him and say, give me that blanket. He was like, no, nah, me and my blanket, we are the best of friends. No, nah, you ain't, you don't have my blanket. Well, why? Because <laughs> me and my blanket, we go, we go everywhere together. <laughs> and so the blanket represents your comfort zone. It's only that's when right. you decide. It's only it's only when you decide that I want to get out of my comfort zone is that that's where that's where real growth happens. So, in Soulful Prayers Volume Two, you know, in my chapter on forgiveness, it was about getting out of my comfort zone. It was about me deciding to share, you know, my prayer with the world around mm-hmm. the power to forgive. It was also me deciding to say that yeah, I have had to I've had to learn. Learn the process of forgiveness. I've had to forgive myself. I've had to forgive others, and then I had to sit with the with the awesomeness of how much God has, how much Almighty God has forgiven me, and go, ooh, ooh, that's a lot. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, because when you sit with the vastness of it, you're like, I don't know anybody else. I really don't. I'm I'm not judging me funny. I'm I'm being for real now. I'm like I don't know anybody else that has that kind of love and capacity to forgive me for everything. I mean, mm-hmm. everything. That's a hard yeah, nah. thing. Forgiveness is hard because we grow, like you were saying, our blanket. We grow attached to our pain. We grow attached to our anger, and that fuels pettiness because we get attached to our petty side. You know, that's that's it's an attachment. 
um, and it's not healthy. And it is, it is, it's, it's kind of toxic um, to, to be able to have that um, within us. And then you want to hold on to it tight. You know, forgiveness is really not for the other person. I think that's what people, we just fail to realize. Forgiveness is not even for the other person. Forgiveness is for you. Because even mm-hmm. though you are um, holding on to these things, you're putting yourself in bondage. You're binding yourself to these things. And in order to loose yourself, you got to forgive. You got to forgive yourself. You got to forgive the other person. And it has nothing to do with them. You need to release your own self from bondage. Absolutely. And I think, and I also think along with that, is that people have to understand what does, what does that mean? Because we sometimes we use these these, these terminologies because you know especially if you're in a spiritual space oh yeah girl I'm, I'm my shackles are free I'm like so what does that mean exactly because what if I had never had a shackle what does <laughs> what right does right that right mean? no I'm serious because so when people I think I think when you say bondage I think what you mean is the the attachment to that that situation or that pain or the re- I'll say it this way I I think of bondage as the restricting thoughts and feelings that are associated with 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 whatever your 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 pain is exactly bondage you're bound you're bound you're wrapped mm-hmm. up you've you've isolated yourself you've boxed yourself in and you're in this space you've given yourself this space to to shove yourself into um because it feels comfortable you know what I'm saying but you really Mm -hmm. bound yourself to a situation you've bound yourself to a person you've bound you've become codependent to your pain codependent to um your your um ego codependent to your anger you're you're dependent on these feelings um because they help you to mask what you're lacking you know what I'm saying Mm mm-hmm absolutely Absolutely. And I also, I also think that, you know, that in order to identify, you know, what are, what are you masking? That's a, that an, another, an, all of this, all of, all of our discussion tonight is about, you know, not just forgiveness, but it's also about making decisions. Because if you think about it, you just said you have this mask. Well, you, 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 decide, you have the mask to protect, to protect yourself. We all, we all, we all have had a mask one way or another. And then it's like, ooh, I'm, I, if you decide you're gonna take a, if you decide you're gonna take take the mask off, then that's another decision because mm-hmm. that means, ooh, I have to get comfortable with the fact that I have always had this, you know, protective mask, whatever it is, whether it's you know defensiveness, you know, you're being angry, you're being sarcastic, you're, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever your thing is, every everybody has one. But then to decide, well, well why, why do I have this mask? And how long have I had this mask? Why do I always, why do I always feel like I need to, I need to hold on to the mask? And then what is it, what is it going to mean for me if I decide to take this, to peel back the layers of the mask? How I got here? Why am I still this? Why, am, why do I still have it? And then do I? And and the bigger question is, do I want to, do I want to lay it down or let go of it or get rid of it, and and embrace something new or give myself the opportunity for something new? And all of this is decision. All this whole conversation is all about decisions. Absolutely, about I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, here <laughs> we love to do something <laughs> fun. We love to do something fun because, really, as an author, 
you know, when you don't have word of mouth, and, and this is the thing about authors, you're forever branding. You're always branding. You can get on the New York Times bestseller list as much as you can. You are always branding yourself. You are always rebranding yourself because it's always somebody that has not met you, experienced you, um, your work, your craft, and you have to always introduce yourself to people. And so we love to be able to just let our listeners be able to enjoy and experience our guests. So here on Let's Chat, we like to do fun questions. Um, okay. See you back yet? I'm I'm here. I'm here. Miss T, T gonna give you a fun question. I know what it is. She do the questions. I just you know sit back and listen. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. Let's 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 get let's get after it. What's going on? What's let's, the fun question? Let's get after it. I like that. But first of all, thank you so much for joining us. You know, I'm on my brain teaser. Scheme tonight, so I have another brain teaser for you, Miss D. <laughs> okay. Okay, your brain teaser is: How far can a dog run into the woods? <laughs> as far as it wants to. <laughs> as far as it wants to. You said how That's far can a dog run into the woods? I said as far as it wants to. Okay, is that your final answer? Yep, it's my final answer. <laughs> okay. A dog can only run halfway into the woods because the second half, he's running out of the woods. <laughs> oh, that was slick. That was slick. That was slick. Okay. Uh, okay. Nice, nicely done, y'all. Nicely done. <laughs> Okay. Y'all got me. That was good. That was good. I'm cracking myself up tonight, D. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Y'all y'all got me. Y'all got me good there. <laughs> we so appreciate you coming and kicking with us on the chat room this evening. We want you to shout out all of your social media where everybody can get your books and any live or virtual events you have coming up. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you all so much for this opportunity. This has been an absolute blast. I'm super excited. So um, on social media, Facebook, I'm D. Bowden. Um, LinkedIn, I'm D. Bowden. Instagram, I'm D. Uh, actually, I'm Bowden Z. I forget, keep forgetting that because I'm actually doing my last name, first name. So in order to purchase um, Soulful Prayers Volume 2, you can go to bit.ly forward slash Soulful Prayers 2020. That's bit.ly forward slash Soulful Prayers, S-O-U-L-F-U-L, Prayers 2020. And um, so actually, I don't have any up-and-coming events right now. Actually, this is the first week. It's going to be super quiet. For joining us tonight. And you are welcome anytime. You are welcome to come Mm -hmm. back. If you just got something in your spirit you want to talk about, just hit us up. We'll be glad to get you in. Okay, perfect. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for the opportunity. You are so very very welcome. welcome. (laughs) Have a good night. Enjoy the rest of your evening. You have a great night. Thanks. You too. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. This has been so fun. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Tonight has been great. We've had some fabulous guests. If you're just tuning in, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you've missed our fabulous guests and interviews, no worries. Head over to our archives here on blogtalk.com as well as iTunes. 
YouTube, uh, <laughs> iHeartRadio, um, and any actually any podcast app. We really appreciate you guys. If you're listening to our replay, hey, replay world, we appreciate you guys. <laughs> our, our replays have been jumping, and we appreciate mm-hmm. that. Thank y'all so much. People listen to us all over the world. It's crazy. But I enjoy it, and he enjoys it, and we do appreciate you guys, your love and support um, for here on Let's Chat. We will see you guys on next week. Enjoy your weekend, and stay safe in our quarantine world. This too shall pass, peeps. (laughs) Absolutely. Good night. Busting my tail on a nine to five Just to keep up, try to stay alive Promise my lady we gon' be alright She be crying while she praying for a better life Hustling on the side for a bag of rice Gotta feed the fam, gotta pay the price Gotta keep trucking through the Georgia clay Gotta stay searching for a better day